welcome to the Midlife with Careers podcast. I'm your host, Kim Benoit, and every week I share stories of women just like you, amazing women over 40 who have found their courage to live life on their terms. These beautiful women have found the confidence to take on midlife like rock stars. They share their stories to inspire and encourage you to find your courage, build your confidence, and start living every moment. Remember, if you enjoy this podcast, please remember to show me some love and leave a review. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Midlife with Courage. I'm Kim Benoy, your host, and I'm so happy to have you here. I'm also very happy to have my guest here this morning. Her name is C.K. Collins. The K stands for Kelly, and that's what we will call her today, which is what she prefers. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Thank you, Kim. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah. Why don't you first just introduce yourself? Tell us where in the world you are. um, What are you doing right now? And then we'll go from there. All right. Uh, Well, I am a Nashville transplant to Newport, Rhode Island uh, on an adventure to live by the ocean since I've been landlocked my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) I traveled, retired in October of 21 and traveled for a year. And then um, decided to settle here in Newport and write a book. And it was just all very fluid the way it all landed. And, um, and I have two daughters who live up in New England. And so um, it was kind of also a move to be closer to them. So before we jump into your story, I want to talk about so many things with you. But first of all, I'm going to ask you this question. If there was a scent that you could take and bottle so that you could have it whenever and wherever you wanted it what would that scent be? (laughs) I love breakfast. So I pretty much love every smell (laughs) that goes with breakfast, Uh, like the smell of bacon cooking or biscuits Uh, cooking. Yeah. Yeah. That that kind of home cooked Southern breakfast. Love it. Love it. Don't make me pick over bacon or biscuits. I can't do it. (laughs) I love that. All right. Thank you. I have to tell the listeners, you are my guinea pig for that first time I've asked that. So yay. (laughs) All right. Tell us your story. Um, you have a story of a big life change and coming back from that. And you're sharing that with other people now. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. 2017, I had this huge trifecta of big life change. I was becoming an empty nester. So my youngest had gone to college. I uh, realized I was getting a divorce and yeah. also had to sell my business where I made the decision to sell my business because of the divorce. I didn't want my business to get caught up in divorce proceedings. So I had this huge (laughs) loss of identity, you know, three, I was proud of my children, proud of my business, proud of my marriage. And all of a sudden, you know, all the things that I, my ego is tied to are pretty much gone. And um, triple whammy, (laughs) triple whammy. Yeah. And you know, I moved on. I, I we sold our house. I bought a new house. I bought some new furniture, but I, you know, still kind of surrounded by my old life. And that in just one day, it hit me: I am living a new version of my old life, and I need to have a totally new life. And I went to my brother, and I said, you know, I, I had a three-year contract with the company who bought my company. Mm-hmm. And so I had a commitment to stay and I was coming up. I'd done two years and I had one more year to go. And I went to my brother and I said, you know, I got to make some change. You know, I like my house. It's cute, but 
It's I'm surrounded by memories, you know, pots sure. and pans, the rugs, the blankets, the everything has a memory. And I really just want to do something uh, positively <laughs> drastic. <laughs> <laughs> and so he helped me figure it out. And what I decided to do was I sold my house and I gave away almost all of my stuff. I have a very small storage unit mm-hmm. of family memories and my artwork. I love my paintings and stuff. Um, and I traveled for a year. I took a year sabbatical. I went to South America, to Europe. I did a 30 day sailing rally to Mexico. I I just had some crazy, wonderful adventures and most of it was solo travel, but some of it was with friends and, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of carved out weeks here and there where they could come and join me. And over that time, I had, was really kind of formulating a gratitude practice. And I started really looking back at, wow, this friend helped me with this part of my divorce recovery. And this friend helped me grieve my business, you know, having to give up my, my baby and my business, you know, (laughs) and, and I, and it just started formulating into a book and, um, it's, it was really a beautiful process to go through. And my, uh, my oldest was getting married, um, in the Boston area. And so I kind of came back to new England from Europe and was trying to figure out where can I settle down to write this book? Because I can't do it on the road. And I ended up in Rhode Island by the ocean, which was fulfilling a dream. I kind of, I, it's so weird because I went through this whole thing last summer while I was coming back to America. And I, I wrote the story. My life coach had me write a story about my life, about my future and everything in that story has come true with the exception of one thing, but it's, you know, I, yeah, I, I couldn't see it then, but I, I could see it, but I didn't know how to make it happen. Yeah. Nor was I even sure that it would happen, but yeah, it did. And I, and I landed here in Rhode Island and I wrote the book and Wow. Um, now I'm starting a coaching business. I'm just so passionate about helping people go get through more quickly, expedite the recovery of, you know, what I went sure. through. And I think it's going to be, uh, quite an adventure to meet yeah. people and gather and talk about these stories. And yeah, for sure. Um, can we go back to the traveling for a little bit? I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> what was the best part of traveling solo traveling? What was the best part of that? Um, you know, I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear this. And so it's always what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's not lonely. I mean, if if you want, you can be as alone as you want to be, but especially for women, I think if you're sitting in a restaurant by yourself, people just naturally reach out to you and especially older people, like they want to make sure you're okay. They want to talk to you and people are just naturally curious. They want to know what's this American doing in the middle of Portugal with her hiking boots on yeah. by herself. <laughs> yeah. And they just want to know what's your story? Where do you, you know, and if they had any English, I would talk to them because I, <laughs> I don't speak any other languages. But when I was in Buenos Aires, I did take Spanish lessons, but when I stopped using it, it went away. <laughs> yeah. If you don't use it, you lose it, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fun. And you meet people who are traveling, you know, mm-hmm. that are also solo traveling and um, women really, you know, you see each other and you're like, you just know, <laughs> you yeah. start talking. Yeah. And so it was really fun. I mean, I, I stay in hostels, which are very conversation inducing. You're kind of, you know, three people in a room or you're, you're always having breakfast with whoever's there in the morning. 
And um, yeah, I just, it's surprising how many people you meet. And I, I just have made connections all over the world. That's amazing. Yeah. And some of those people in my book that I interview are from my travels and. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. I, I just, I, that's amazing to me. I love to travel. So in Portugal, the hike that you did, it's kind of interesting because I've got another guest who I've already interviewed who did that hike as well. I think it's the same one. What was the name of that area that you hiked? Uh, well, Camino de Santiago Yeah, is what there's 28 different routes on the Camino de Santiago. And what okay. that means is Camino means the way. Mm-hmm. And Santiago is the town, but that also means St. James. So it's the way of St. James. And it's all the routes that he walked during, okay. you know, medieval time, really before medieval times, Spain was occupied by the Moors. And so was Portugal. Mm-hmm. And um, he would go in trying to spread Christianity. And so a lot of people walk it that are not Christian or spiritual at all. They're just there for the physical challenge of it, but it's, it's 500 miles and uh, 800 kilometers. The people that are there are what make it. You know, the hike is great and it's incredibly beautiful country. I've done one in Spain and one in Portugal Uh and, and, you know, the people are warm, it's inexpensive and, um, and the people you meet along the way are there to do what you're there to do. And so it's just an incredibly mind opening, heart opening experience. Wonderful. Yeah. That's, I just, she reported that she did a lot of healing. She had lost her husband Mm -hmm. and. Um, so I'm not sure if that was your experience, but it kind of sounds like it was kind of a healing, Very much your so. whole, your whole year of traveling was kind of a healing journey as well. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I do think it, if you've been through a big life change and you're stuck, travel is a great way to snap yourself out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. but even if you're not stuck, it's still something that, um, it really opens your heart. It opens your mind and it feeds your soul. I think if you just open yourself up to the world, the the world does good things for you. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well said, well said. <laughs> um, so you brought up being stuck and that is another one of your themes that I love because I kind of talk about that a little bit too with um, the people that I come into contact with and women at this age, we get to that point where empty nesters, uh, you know, kind of, maybe they are getting divorced or maybe they're just bored with some, you know, they've been in the same job, you know, um, and then they kind of just feel like, okay, now what do I do? So you have a lot of great ideas and a lot of help for, um, for getting unstuck. So (laughs) why don't we talk about that a little bit? Like, tell us what that means to feel stuck in your mind or your experience. I think it's just that feeling of, I know I'm not happy, but I don't know what to do. I know this isn't what I have envisioned for myself, but I don't know how to get to a new vision. I don't even, you know, I hear women say, I mostly work with women, but it's, it's, I just don't know what to do. I know I deserve better. I know I can do more. I know I don't have to stay in this situation, you know, and it doesn't have to be about divorce. It can be, I'm empty nester. My husband and I are just looking at each other like, oh my God, (laughs) I still, you know, I love him. I love him dearly, but oh my God, what are we going to do with ourselves? Yeah. You know, I think it's that. Um, and I think you just don't know what to do. And so the, my tip sheet and my book are practical ways that people showed me how to get unstuck. Yeah. This was all information that was shared with me and I'm paying it forward because Wonderful. 
I felt like a lucky person. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Friends. For sure. We didn't say the name of the book yet, and we will put it in the show notes, but tell us the name of your book. The book is called um, The Swipe Right Effect, The Power to Get Unstuck. And okay. it is a play on words for those of us who are in the dating world, not you. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, the, 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 and dating apps, you swipe right. You, you're looking at someone's picture and you swipe right if you choose them. You swipe left if you don't choose them. And so what I'm saying is swipe right for yourself, do your work, create a vision for yourself, get happy. And the effect of that, you know, choosing yourself and choosing to work on yourself is there's your power. That's how you get unstuck. And yeah. so I've been a writer most of my life. So <laughs> I like play on words. Um, yeah, that's clever. It's not just for single yeah. people, but yeah. even, I mean, in a lot of apps, you swipe right for something, you know, but mm-hmm. I, it was a play <laughs> on yeah. dating apps for me. But yeah, it's, it is about, it's about choosing yourself and getting happy. And I jumped right into dating and I wasn't ready. Oh, really? And now that I have done the work, I realize, you know, how much more actually dateable I am now because I, uh-huh. I'm happy. I know what I want. I know where yeah. I'm going. Yeah. Um, I'm building a new business. You know, I'm excited about my life. Yeah. Five I, years ago, I was sitting there going, what am I going to do? Who am I? Who do I even want to be? And it was just really deep, hard questions. And my answer was just like, I have no idea. No I idea. don't know. Somebody give me a magic button. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh man. If we had one of those, I mean, that's something I've been married for 35 years almost. And I have no, if I had to, God forbid, start dating, I would have no idea. (laughs) So I'm sure there's some listeners out there that are like, yeah, that's, that's my situation. How do you find someone nowadays? (laughs) That's the big question. If I had the answer to that question, I would be a very popular person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And probably, you know, sickly wealthy. For me, it's important to do it when you're feeling it. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't stay on the dating apps. Um, I've had two relationships that were about five months. Um, I've only, I've been divorced just now four years. Mm -hmm. And um, in some of that, like that whole year, um, I had seen somebody before I left home and, but we didn't have a commitment. And so, and I didn't date, I wasn't seeking out dating. I thought it would be kind of cool if I found somebody in Europe and settled there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I think being open-minded is really important. But what I love about the apps is they all pause. You know, you can have your profile set up and you can get out there and see what's happening, see if you're feeling it, but they all have a pause function. And so you don't, just because you start a profile doesn't mean you're committed to date for the next year. I mean, sure. I think I actually give this advice in, I think, chapter 11 of my book. Every chapter has an interview with one of my friends. And Uh this was my girlfriend who helped me start dating. (laughs) (laughs) Casey, yeah. I think it's a great tool to meet people. And Mm -hmm. what I say to even the guys I go on dates with, the way I look at it is I have the chance to make a new friend. And if there's a romantic connection, even better. Mm -hmm. But um, I love to meet people. I'm... I'm very outgoing. I'm very social. And so it's, it's probably easier for me than it is for an introvert or, sure, you know, but it, it was so much harder. The 
the little baby rejections that you get from somebody not responding or somebody ghosting you. I mean, I call that a baby rejection because I had the ultimate rejection, right? My husband <laughs> was disloyal and I had to leave because it was, um, it was just a very complicated situation Yeah, and I had to move on. And so I didn't handle those little baby rejections because I hadn't done my work. I uh, hadn't built my self-esteem back up. I didn't look in the mirror and say, I love you. I didn't take care of myself in a protection way. You know, mm -hmm. I should have done the work before I started dating, but all I could think in my head was I want to get back out there. I don't want to feel like this. And in my head at the time, that was the answer, but sure. it wasn't the real answer. You know, the real answer was work on myself, work on yourself first, and then the rest will come. Yeah. Or you'll be able to um, handle the rest, maybe. Yeah, it doesn't. Awesome. Yeah, now it's like just fun. If somebody ghosts me, I'm like, okay, good. Next. Okay. <laughs> There's a great Ariana Grande song called Thank You Next. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Oh, I have heard that. Yeah, you can use that in a so lot That's of my mindset. Thank you. Yeah. Next. Thank you. Next. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so speaking of doing the work, you have a 10 ways to get unstuck that and we're we're not going to talk about all 10 because we want people to go and download that for themselves. <laughs> but let's talk about a few of those um, today. Um, and the first one I wanted to talk about was the self love mantra. Mm -hmm. Talk about that a little bit. Well, I really have learned and fully believe in the physical and mental benefits of meditation. And so part of meditation is what you're saying to yourself. It's not easy to turn off your mind. We all have a subconscious that talks to us. <laughs> it's pretty much yep. impossible to turn off your mind. So what you have to do is either listen to a guided meditation that keeps you focused and keeps you going inward, or you have a mantra. And I think a, a self-love mantra is a really powerful thing. You know, in, it doesn't have to be the same thing every single day, although some people will make a bracelet of their self-love mantra or, you know, whatever. And I did have that experience. My sister-in-law gave me a bracelet that said, I am enough. Uh, and that was my first self-love mantra. But I was at the point where I was feeling so rejected and I didn't feel like enough. I couldn't even look in the mirror and say, you are enough, Kelly. I love you, Kelly. You're actually a badass businesswoman, Kelly. <laughs> I couldn't because it was just, I felt so defeated. Sure. And that's how I started. I had that bracelet that my sister and I write about it in chapter two, but she brought me that bracelet. And whenever I couldn't do it for myself, I looked at that. Okay. Melissa loves me. She gave me that bracelet. She loves me. And, and that was, you know, and I knew my mom loved me and I know my sister loves me and my kids love me, yeah. but it was that physical representation that, um, in fact, I have a link on my website to that bracelet in case people want to try that oh, cool. it's under the references page. Okay. But, um, but I, it's important to get to a point that you love yourself and it is a practice. It is not something that comes naturally, especially to women. I think men might have it easier on that. Probably. They may think that, that that guy in the mirror is cool, but I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not a man, but women have a hard time where we can be very defeatist after a rejection and we can be very, um, lost when we've had a big life change that our identity as I'm a 24 seven mom. Now I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but through all of that, whether your kids are two and four or whether your kids are 24 and 22, you know, you still have to have 
a focus on loving yourself. So, you know, you can do that with meditation. You can do it when your mind starts spinning and you're having some negative thoughts. Boom. I'm going to shut those down. I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. And then go look in the mirror and say, you are enough. My friends did that for me. They looked at me and said, you are enough. You're awesome. (laughs) But that's, I think, but I want people to understand it's a practice. It doesn't come naturally. And it's something you have to keep doing. Just like exercise. You don't exercise once and you're in good shape. (laughs) Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? (laughs) Yeah, that would be so cool. Sign me up for that. (laughs) But yeah, meditation, yoga, self-love mantra. Same thing. It's a practice. So let's jump to finding your people since you're talking about how your sister helped you and your girlfriends helped you in a book. So tell us about that. Finding your people is one of the the ways to get unstuck. Yeah, I think hopefully everybody has a good friend, but some people do isolate, you know, especially when they're going through a big life change. My marriage had been going awry for a while and I couldn't figure out why, which I eventually did, but I knew something was wrong, but there was the shame that I felt from that. And so even though I had great friends, I self-isolated. And I kind of, once I finally found, and this was before the breakup, I finally found the guts to share with two of my friends that were my neighbors um, that something is wrong and I don't know what it is and I don't know what to do. And, you know, that was, it was pretty short shortly before everything came out. But after that, I dove straight into, you know, I was really honest about how I felt and what I needed. And these were my existing friends, but I also, you know, they're married. They, they don't necessarily, they can't relate my sister and my sister-in-law, thank goodness are married (laughs) (laughs) and, um, and not divorced, you know, but my parents, my in-laws, everybody's married. I'm surrounded by married people. Mm-hmm. And I had one girlfriend who was single and we leaned on each other a lot, but we had different lives. So I went down the rabbit hole of meetup, <laughs> the app okay. that has all kinds of amazing things that you can do to connect with people. And I was already a big hiker and I had decided to hike the 500 mile Camino And so I went, I used meetup app and I went looking for hiking groups and I met some fun people and a lot of them were single. So now I have new single people in my life that can also, some of them were like, how can I help you? Like, do you have a, I had to walk 12 miles a day on the weekends. So I would line people up. Okay. I'll walk five with you and six with you. And, you know, and, um, and then I met people because I had always wanted to dance and my ex-husband didn't like to dance. So I found on meetup, they had free salsa lessons in Nashville, like three nights a week. So I could go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to free lessons. And I met people that way too. And not not really romantic anything, just new people in my life who didn't know the old Kelly who was getting a divorce. They just knew this new Kelly who was putting herself out there. Uh And so it was just kind of the formation of a separate community that I could turn to when I didn't want to have to face. uh, I mean, you're always facing it, but you know, I was able to go find other single people without it being a dating situation because divorce takes a year and a half or whatever. And, and you, you're not dating yet. And 
but it's, it's just important to go, to put yourself out there, but to also be really honest with your existing community, but understanding that they may not be able to relate exactly to how you're feeling, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's why I think it's important to go. And there's a lot of divorce support groups. There's a thing called divorce care that for the teachers who are teaching divorce care have already been through everything. And so, Mm. you know, you're, these are your people Yeah, (laughs) if you're getting a divorce. Now, if you're not getting into, I think the exact same find your people is, is important. You know, if you're a first time empty nester, then go do something new, do something that challenges you, um, set a goal, go learn to paint, go to a library and put books on the shelves, you know, whatever your, whatever your creative outlet is, that's, what's going to bring you joy. And so go find new things around that. Yeah. And do a podcast. That's what I did. Yeah, me too. (laughs) So the last tip I want to talk about is you could be right. Tell us about that. (laughs) So my in-laws, um, who I dearly love, and they told me I didn't get to divorce them. I could only divorce their son. Oh, nice. (laughs) So we're very close and we still stay in touch quite a bit. Um, But I think it was our 20th anniversary. They just dropped this funny little line on us. And I think we were having dinner or something. And they were like, well, this, what's the secret to a happy marriage? I think maybe I asked them because they've been, they've been married for 60 something years now. And they said, it might be 70. Wow. <laughs> um, and they said, oh, you got to, you've got to learn how to say you could be right. And I'm like, why are you just telling this on our 20th anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> it but, seems like that should have come a lot earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would tell people about it, like friends and they would hear Dave and I saying it to each other and, you know, and it was just kind of a fun thing that we shared with our friends Mm -hmm. and, um, and it became something that actually ended up saving my best friend's marriage because they were arguing, get, they're two very intelligent people. They were not relating to each other and, and the disagreements were growing more and more heated And, and she shared that with their, their therapist and so therapist kind of turned it and used it so that they could help each other start relating to, so it's basically learning to take a step back and say, if you're saying you could be right, you're also saying, I guess I could be wrong. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And even if you don't think you're wrong, both of you being able to take a step back and saying you could be right, create space. And what happens in that space is hopefully a conversation and a sense of calm coming over everything. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these things like never go to bed mad. And, you know, well, that's not possible for everybody, Mm-mm. you know? That's and so that you could be right, you know, is something that I internalized even with my children, you know, because they were becoming adults And if they were doing something I disagreed with, I wanted to have the conversation with them, but you know, there was, there was had to be an innate respect for each other with the, you could be right because they need to go on and make their own lives, make their own path and make their own mistakes. Even Isn't Um, that hard though? Oh my goodness. It's so hard. It's hard, but (laughs) it's important. It's really important because that's the mistakes are where the hard learning happens and the most growth happens, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to push through all of that. 
Right, right. Oh, so wonderful. Um, so much more that we could talk about, but why don't you share with the listeners your website? Uh, where can they get your book and your podcast? You have a podcast, correct? Yeah, just um, about to launch it. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. That's, I had so, that. Well, by down, the but... time this airs, yeah, it'll be live. Yeah. So, what is your podcast called? Um, it's the same as my book, actually. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The All Swipe Right, right Effect. Um, okay. And then subtitle is the power to get unstuck. And we'll be talking about all of these things. And okay. Um, yeah. And we're uh, some of the people I interview in the book will, are coming onto the podcast. Um, oh, awesome. therapist, uh, even some, you know, a minister, uh, anybody, especially I love having other podcast hosts on. Uh, so oh. I'd love for you to come on, Kim. <laughs> I would love to be on. I would do but that. It's, totally. Yeah. It's, it's because everybody is an expert in what they've learned in their life. You know, um, yeah. I'm not an expert on a path I've been through and I want to share that knowledge. And I think that's why, you know, people write books and people create podcasts, but, um, my, right. and my website has links to all of these things. And my website okay. is cckollins.co. Okay. We'll put that in and, the show notes. Yeah. Thank you. And I mean, I'm on social media, you know, and all of those links are also on my website too. Okay. But I, you know, I really want to create a conversation, which is exactly what you're doing here and exactly what we're having here. Yeah. And I just want to keep the conversations going. And, um, if I can help one person heal or 5,000 people heal, that's my mission right now. Wonderful. I love that. All right. Before we say goodbye, is there any one last little nugget of information that you want to share something we maybe didn't cover or just, just a reminder of something we talked about? Yeah. Um, I talk about this all the time because I think when somebody's stuck, there's this sense of powerlessness. Like I don't have the power. I, and it's not true. Every single one of us has this huge power within us. And the power is choice. You know, we were given the ability to choose or not choose. And if you're not choosing, that is a choice. So I want everybody to think about that. Like you, your power is in your choice. If you choose to move past your state of stuckness, <laughs> if you choose to make one step forward, you're, you're improving your life and you're, you're, you know, somebody said to me early on, Kelly, take back your power. Don't, don't keep giving your power to him, your happiness to him. Don't, don't let that power go. It's yours. And it, you know, it's, God given or universe given, whatever. And I had to own that. And, and so that's why I put the word power in the, the subtitle because you, there is a power to getting unstuck and the power is in your choice. Oh, goosebumps. All right. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for talking with me today. And I look forward to talking with you again. Thank you. All right. Well, you have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Midlife with Courage. I hope that it has inspired and motivated you to live your best life. I'm Kim Benoy, a retired registered nurse, a wife, a mom, and now a certified aromatherapist. To learn more about my story and to get some tools to help you on your health and wellness journey, please go to my website, www.midlifewithcourage.com. You'll find lots of great information there. And if you would like to, go ahead and subscribe to my newsletter so that you are always up to date on what's happening. I promise not to bombard you. I usually send out a newsletter once, maybe twice a month. 
So check that out. Until next time, take care of your beautiful self and I'll talk to you soon.